Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause upon Hey guys. Hello, Edwin. Hey, Edwin. Here we are, Thursday, trucking right along, going to talk some more about Psalm 100. Yes. I am filled with a slight amount of anxiety. Because I see the translation you have picked up, or uh, paraphrase, or whatever we want to call that. I think we would call it a metrical psalter. Uh-huh. From time to time, we do like to take out the psalters and read them for everyone. Yeah, this is a, a this is certainly an American classic. <laughs> I'm going to be reading Old Hundred. I'm going to be reading Psalm 100 from the Bay Psalm Book. The Bay Psalm Book, and that has often been a pitfall for us as we've tried to do this before. <laughs> well, so I, you, th- you think you can do that? I think I'm going to do my best. All right. And there's an excellent sound engineer with us who I'm sure can. <laughs> edit it and make it sound great. I, I will tell you, though, that um, our uh, our Puritan friends could not contain themselves to one metrical setting of Psalm 100. There are two, but I will be reading the first one. Well, I'll just pick one. And, and just here real quick, obviously for the benefit of everybody who's listening who might be listening for the first time, but Colin has never been with us when we've read from this, tell Colin what this base psalm book actually is. So what you have here, Colin, is a group of uh, people, we a lot of times call them the pilgrims, who fled religious persecution in Europe and came to the New World so that they could worship God according to their conscience. And one of the things that they did was they had congregational singing of the psalms. Uh, in order to make that easier, because... English poetry is a bit different than uh, Hebrew poetry, is that they would do, you and I would probably call them a paraphrase, but a a setting of the Psalms. They would move some of the words around and use some synonyms for things Mm -hmm. to try to get to a rhyme and a meter. So it really sounds like poetry to our ears. Then you'll notice on the page there is no written score of music. There was a handful of tunes and they could sing any psalm to any tune. So it's very similar. I know you've been here when we've read from the the Psalter that Matt Bassford has put yeah. together. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to that, but this is a this is an antiquated one. The, is, isn't this like the first book that was printed? When first we, book printed in the United States. This, yeah. this first book they well, wrote. Well, not United States. It wasn't the United me, it States was at not. that time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the American continent. American continent. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so Psalm 100, a psalm of praise from the Bay Psalm book. A psalm of praise. Make ye a joyful sounding noise unto Jehovah all the earth. Serve ye Jehovah with gladness. Before his presence come with mirth. Know that Jehovah, he is God, who hath us formed, it is he, and not ourselves. His own people and sheep of his pasture are we. Enter into his gates with praise into his courts with thankfulness. Make ye confession unto him, and his name reverently bless. Because Jehovah, he is good, forevermore is his mercy, and unto generations all continue doth his verity. (laughs) Okay. Nailed it. (laughs) Good job. Good job. Uh, What was that last line again? I did not understand that one at all. Continue doth his verity. Okay, so his verity, his truthfulness. His truthfulness. His truthfulness. 
doth continue to all generations, just like His mercy. So we would okay. sum up and say His mercy, mercy and truthfulness. <laughs> his mirth, mirth, his mirth was a different word. His, his, his mercy doth continue. His, his, <laughs> his mercy and His truthfulness continues for all generations. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I just wow. The doth verity really threw me for a second. But yeah, when I'm able to think through it, I get it. It's all right. there. It's yeah. all there. Which actually does point on the verse that I was really hoping we could talk about. Today. You're welcome. So, thank you for that. <laughs> that was a good selection. That, that last verse for the Lord is good. His le- <laughs> his mirth and his led fast stuff. <laughs> for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I love that. Yeah. You know I love that. That's what I said. And I especially love that because of what he said at the end of verse 4. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Right after saying bless his name, then he says about him being good and his steadfast love and his faithfulness. And I now, we get out the bingo card because what we want to do now is go back to Exodus 34. Mm. What? You, uh, uh, Edwin, shocker. <laughs> You want to talk about the name of God? Absolutely. So, as so, so, so the, you, the, the emphasis here is not about praise. The emphasis here is the name. The name. Praise his name. Yeah, well, because of the name That's that good. he has, that is why we praise. That is why we give thanksgiving uh, or give thanks. And Exodus 34, 6 and 7 is where the Lord reveals himself to Moses. And he says to Moses, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Listen to this. Abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, Mm -hmm. keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving Mm -hmm. iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So when the psalmist here says, bless God's name, and especially when he then goes into talking about his steadfast love and faithfulness, he is not telling us just to say good things about the theonym, the, what yeah. we classify as the word that represents his name. We would often yeah. pronounce that as Yahweh. Some pronounce it as Jehovah. It's that place in the Old Testament where we see the word Lord, but the, it's all capped, but the first letter is a little bit larger than the others. And so that's we, might, we would call that the theonym, the actual word that, is, that we use his name to call him by. But here he's not talking about that. He's talking about what his name represents, what his name means, what all of that is supposed to bring to our mind is his love, his faithfulness, his mercy, his grace, his patience and long suffering Mm -hmm. and perseverance. At the same time, the judgment he will bring on those who refuse to repent, on those who continue and persist in sin. And so what what our psalmist is telling us is that the basis, the foundation, the reason for our thanksgiving and praise is because he is that paragraph, what God, what he revealed to Moses, he is that. That's the reason we praise and give thanks. Amen. And how important it was that uh, God revealed that name to Moses. And I mean, I, I teach you a little bit, but it is just all over the Psalms. Oh, man. All over the Psalms. <laughs> and part of that is to demonstrate that Yahweh is greater. Uh, he is other. That separateness, that holiness that we talked about in recent episodes, which I just think was incredibly important, particularly in a culture and a day and age where the people were wanting to worship all of these other idols, these other gods, these other deities that, you know, quote unquote, plagued their land. And so you have to understand the greatness, the truth of Yahweh. Notice what it says here. Okay, so back in the name, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit technical here, but I hope this will help us understand something. 
when God reveals the name in Exodus 34, what he says is he keeps steadfast love for thousands. Mm-hmm. Then it says that he will visit iniquity unto the third and fourth generation. <clears throat> what we often don't recognize, especially because of the way our English translations presented, is the grammar between those two statements is actually pretty similar. Okay, so in the, in the second part where he's talking about visiting the iniquity, mm-hmm. the word generation is not there. Okay. That, that's a supplied word. And so what we have is keeping steadfast love for thousands or to the thousandth, and then we have visiting the iniquity to three and for four or to the third and fourth. So it's interesting to me that sometimes English translators will translate those with different grammar because it's really kind of the same construction. Mm-hmm. And whatever the first one is saying, the, the second one was saying. Yeah. So, so it's he keeps steadfast love for thousands, mm-hmm. or he, and, and then therefore we would say, well, he visits iniquity on the third, on, to three and to four. But, you know, the interesting thing is that second one, it does say to the children and the children's children. So now we know, oh, we're talking about generations. Mm-hmm. So really we should back up. He keeps steadfast love to the thousandth generation. Yeah. Okay. So they get there. Yeah. So that's, that's what we should see here is that he keeps steadfast love to the thousandth generation. He visits iniquity to the third and fourth generation. Now, I get it. We're very confused by this. There's, there's something about this that I, I don't understand. Is God saying that if... Well, if Andrew sins and rebels, that now he's going to punish his family for three and four generations. And I've heard people talk about, oh, yes, this is a family legacy when you, you, you're going to affect your family for so many generations. Well, yeah, but the love and the mercy was to the thousandth generation. So now which is it? Yeah. You know, if you have a good generation, does that mean now he's going to... What we need to grasp is we're having an idiomatic expression of God's desire. What he is pointing out is... If, if you're a generation that serves the Lord and the second generation serves the Lord and the third generation serves the Lord, he is going to bring the same blessing on every generation that mm-hmm. serves the Lord. Mm-hmm. If you're a generation that disobeys and rebels against God and the second generation rebels and disobeys against God and the third generation rebels and disobeys God, he's going to bring the same punishment. He's going to visit the iniquity, which yes. was a, which was a statement about judgment. It's not that visiting the iniquity is the idea of visiting the, bringing the punishment, punishment for their sins. Look, it doesn't matter to me how many generations disobey and rebel. I will bring the same punishment. So then we ask, well, why does he say to the thousandth for the one and to third and fourth for the second? We're not getting some type of literal mathematical formula that God is using about punishment and blessing and cursing. Sure. What we're hearing is God's desire. What does he want? He wants obedience and, and submission and surrender and faithfulness for thousands of generations. He wants to offer that blessing over and over and over again. He does not want to bring a curse. Mm-hmm. He does not want to visit iniquity. And so the, the contrast and the numbers are demonstrating God's preference, God's desire, God's love. And we, we kind of see that when we get to the psalm because notice it's not to the thousandth generation but it's enduring forever and to all generations. Yeah. This is what God wants. What God wants is for there to be an enduring legacy of faithfulness among his people that allows him to bring his love, his faithfulness, his forgiveness to everyone of all time. But it sounds like to that, that also then there's an opportunity for every generation to define itself and yes. its relationship toward God. We see what he wants, his preference to bless. You can... Submit to God and have that, but then there's also 
this punishment side as well. I, you know, one of the things I take away is how important it is then to teach that next generation about God, yes, about His loving kindness and His faithfulness, and to follow Him because it can be good for you. Yes, yes. But I also appreciate that there is hope, even when it looks like a generation around me really has chosen the other path against God, that he still knows who his people are and he can save them. You know, there's this unique generation language made in the New Testament, like in Philippians 2 verse 15, where the Christians are told that they shine as lights amidst a perverse generation, a dark generation. And even Peter was calling out to people to repent and be baptized. He said, be saved from this perverse generation. Yes. So you don't have to go all the way of a generation, right. but you have the opportunity for the goodness in your generation. Three things that help me with this. One, in Exodus 20, when the Ten Commandments are given, as he's talking about don't serve idols, he says this in Exodus 25 and 6, you shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. What's the issue here? Are they going to hate me? Or are they going to love me? If they love me, I will bring steadfast love to them if they hate me. And it doesn't matter. Whatever generation does that. And I know he's not saying, if you have a generation that hates me, I'm now going to punish the next three or four. Because I actually have read, number two, the book of Judges. Mm-hmm. And what do we find in the book of Judges? We find this flip-flop. Uh, back again and, forth, and again back and again and, and again. One generation serves the Lord. He brings blessing and deliverance and protection. The very next generation decides to forget him. Yeah. And so he brings punishment. But the very next generation decides to call out to him. And what does he do? He brings blessing. Which brings me to number three, which is Ezekiel 18, where we have a picture of people. Kings, I think, is what we're looking at, but you've got a father who rebels against God and he brings punishment upon him, who has a son who serves the Lord and God blesses him, who has a son that rebels and God God punishes him. And in there, he says, the soul who sins will die. That's that's the thing. The the generation, the soul that sins and rebels is the one that's going to suffer punishment. The one that loves God is going to receive the blessing. But in this this contrast of thousand verses three and four, what we're really getting is God's desire. What he wants is faithfulness from his people that frees him to bring blessing and love and joy. That's what he wants. And if we will be that generation, it doesn't matter what our parents did. We will have that steadfast love, that faithfulness, that forgiveness. And we can trust that because of his verity. Because of his verity that doth continue <laughs> unto us all of the generationeth. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Sorry, Colin. Got on my soapbox again, so I'm going to ask you if you would lead us out in prayer. Yeah. Our dear Heavenly Father, you are so awesome. You are our creator. Lord, we just, we're just we so thankful for the things that you've done for us, your steadfast love for us, your faithfulness to us, and that has continued from the very beginning. Lord, you love us so much that you sent your Son for us to die on the cross so that we can be have a chance to be in heaven with you someday. Lord, we're thankful for you and your son. In his name, amen. 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 Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. 
You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.